This is Limit Up, the show where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology so that you can take your trading to the next level. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Limit Up podcast presented by Top Step Trader. I'm Jack Pelzer, joined as usual by Dan Hodgman. Yeah, you could say your name. Maybe they'll edit out that large gap there, but uh, it was uncomfortable. Anyway, oh, I see. It must have froze on my end because it seemed very smooth. Well, as everyone probably knows, we're doing this through uh, some sort of Zoom podcast type thing, and uh, that'll probably be the case for the foreseeable future. But that hasn't stopped us from having a great guest on the show today. We're joined by Jeremy Newsom from Real Life Trading. He's down in Nashville, and it was an awesome interview, Dan. I hadn't met him before. You had. He's a great guy. Yeah, I've worked with Jeremy on several different occasions. Um, truly one of the most genuinely nice human beings I've ever had a chance to talk to. He brings an energy that helps in a time like this. Um, I had a great time sitting down with him. What I really like about him is that he's completely self-taught. And I know there's a lot of people out there, especially in the retail space that are, but it was cool hearing from someone that hadn't come up through the traditional prop shop or a bank or things like that. It's just, he taught himself and he, you know, in the best sense of the word is a hustler, the good kind gets the cash flow and <laughs> turns it into investments for the long term. He was uh, he's a real everyman. Not every man, a uh, man for all ages, a man for all yes. seasons. I think that's what I was going for. He is, and he's got such a fun start into his whole the whole industry here. And he gets into that a little bit, um, and you know, it's it's eye opening. Everyone gets into this industry in a different way, and I think the way he got into this is such a fun, exciting way that you know everyone has to have a story like that. It, it just makes me wish I had a story that good. Yeah, we won't pooch the story now. I feel like that would ruin everything, but it is a great one. And uh, if everyone out there is still hungry for content, uh, we're still doing our best to put it out there. We did the Coach's Playbook that's out yesterday where we talked about oil. And the real headline there is that Mad Max was completely wrong. Uh, There wouldn't be oil wars over a shortage of oil. There would be uh, a crisis of low oil prices. (laughs) Yeah, now we have too much oil out there. Um, not only that with the coach's playbook, but we've got the bite-sized trading videos coming out. Um, actually Jeremy, uh, has a video coming out for us. He talks about capital preservation. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're keeping it pumping. We're keeping it flowing. Yeah. And, uh, this is a hot off the presses interview because we just did it yesterday, which isn't always the case. Uh, this is coming out on Thursday. Once again, we're still in that sort of, uh, halfway back range in the equities oil is below 20 still i haven't checked it in the last couple it just hours. bumped above 20 um just a little bit ago so it's floating it's teasing with that 20 dollar mark for sure uh gold still gold still high it's still around its highs right uh i will give you exact so gold is off uh it ties a little bit here down a little bit here today trade in uh, 1744.80 Crude oil is basically right at settlement price to be exact, so it's at uh, 2008. Equities have tried to creep back a little bit from the sell-off on the open, and uh, currencies doing the exact same thing. As soon as, as, soon as a lot of the currencies opened up, um, they spiked to the upside. Well, of course, uh, with the equities, a lot of this is responding to the 
horrific, brutal. I could get a cinnamon. <laughs> I was going to say cinnamon <laughs> generator. I meant synonym generator and say another 50 words for horrible to describe the retail sales number this morning. And it uh, really. But were we surprised? I wasn't. I mean, it's a kind of an expected number to totally miss. I agree. I would have thought it would be more baked in, but apparently people did not like it. I don't know who was out there thinking that, you know, JCPenney is going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> right. We've known for a long time JCPenney is going to struggle. They've seen this before. You know, they'll, they'll be okay. No, uh, no, they're not. So it'll be interesting to see as more of the big numbers come out. We haven't had a real unemployment number. We've only had the unemployment claims, which have been real, real bad as well. Yeah, two, yeah. what, 16 million in three weeks or something like that? Something like that. On the plus side, Germany is going back to opening regulations up um, next Monday. So Germany's making the first step, and you know, hopefully, we see what happens there. We can learn from their mistakes and take advantage of the you know the positives that come out of their move, and maybe we'll see the United States uh, and America getting back on track here in the next few weeks. It will be interesting to see if we can compete with their efficiency in doing these things because I know they have one of the lowest fatality rates. I believe maybe the lowest fatality rate in the world. And it's because they were tracing people. They had these cars going out to people to tell them they had it before they didn't and checking on everyone. Anyway, what I'm getting at is that it will be interesting to see what they do. And uh, I really hope them the best of luck with that because uh, it's hairy out there otherwise. And um, you were talking about gold. I think at some point we'll have to do a whole coach's playbook or one of these introductions on gold because this is sort of the thing all gold bugs have been waiting for i can't believe it's almost not so much higher and maybe that has something to do with the paper gold or there's you know all sorts of monkey business that goes on in that market but with a global pandemic and the fed printing trillions and trillions of dollars all the preppers are so excited right now. All the stuff that they've been stocking up for. Now they're looking at everyone else who's crazy now. You know, it's, they stocked up on toilet paper, gold, you name it, rice, yeah, uh, non-perishables, and they're in heaven. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and stay, uh, say that they are still the crazy one. And uh, <laughs> if I'm wrong on that, I'll be dead. So I win either way. So, right. <laughs> anyway, with that uh, nice business right there. Might as well get to our interview with Jeremy, because uh, I think that for people that are self-taught traders, it's a great inspirational story and uh, just an all-around great guy. So without further ado, let's get on to our interview today with Jeremy Newsom. So uh, we're joined today remotely, as usual, as has been the case for you know the last couple of weeks and the foreseeable future. From Nashville, we have Jeremy Newsom with us of Real Life Trading. Jeremy, hello. Yeah. Hey, gentlemen. How are both of you? Great, man. How are you doing? Doing phenomenal. Really excited to be here. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you. And we were just talking before we hit the record button a little bit about the uh, tornadoes in Nashville. And uh, you're doing okay? Yep. Everything's fine on my end. And I appreciate both asking. It was Pretty pretty damaging for a lot of people, a lot of friends I have that live in East Nashville. For me personally, though, everything was fine. But yeah, it's tornadoes and floods are about the only thing Nashville really gets. So Yeah, and exactly what you don't need at the moment, I would reckon. Yeah, yeah. So how have you been doing uh, 
you staying at home as well? Yeah, yeah, man. I am. I'm a travel bug too, which is crazy. Like usually, I'm I'm in a different city every week. Uh, so me being at home, I think now for four weeks straight, it's kind of it's interesting. It's weird. It's strange, but I think a lot of people are are going to enjoy it because you now have a factual excuse to get a lot of things done. And I was going to ask you, how much have you gotten done around the house? Dude, so much, man. I've like the weekend, last weekend, I was like, I have all day to do anything. So I was, I was doing yard work, uh, like a, like a maniac. I was cleaning. Um, I was decorating. I was rearranging. I was doing furniture stuff. So I love this, man. Personally, like, so I have to be at home trading all the time. All right, fine. You know, that sounds okay to me. It's not a bad thing. And that's I, that's what I think is really interesting about the situation we're in. It's not like we're missing out on trading. It's not like this was 30 years ago when you had to be on the floor. You had to be, you know, work, your broker had to be standing there. That's not the case anymore. Um, but let me ask you this. How have you been able to kind of create the balance? Mm. Now that you're in, this, you're in front of the computer a lot more, how have you been yeah. able to balance your trading and not over trading or doing too much? That's a good question, man. I mean, I've always kind of had some pretty strict rules uh, when it comes down to how often I trade. So this is something that as a lifestyle, I love I love trading, man. I'm, I'm 100% admittedly addicted to it, but I absolutely have rules and barriers for when I trade, when I stop trading, how many trades I can take in a day, how many trades I can take in a month. I just have all those already structured. So this is something that's like today, I'm done trading for the day already. Um, so right now we're recording this is at noon Eastern. So I'm already finished for the day. After I get off this interview with you beautiful gentlemen, I'll be uh, working with two or three other guys and then I'm going to go on a run. So I'm doing the calendar club, uh, half half of the calendar club this month. The calendar club is you run a mile for every day of the week. That's smart. Yeah. So today is 14 miles. Uh, tomorrow will be 15 and then 16 and then I'll stop. Um, cause I got some buddies who are doing it all the way through. So at the end of the week, they're doing six or seven marathons. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I, uh, I thought you meant one mile per day and I was like, eh, maybe that's something that I could do. And then when I heard the 14, 15, I was like, okay, that's not happening. Dude, it got hard. It got hard real fast. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the trading thing is, it's a great question, Dan. And, and really, man, it just comes down to just having that structure in place always because, you know, make your money early, do something that you want to do, carve out your profits, never go realize green to red on the day and just go read a book, work out, study, do something fun. Yeah. I think that's awesome that you have a structure behind it. Like I have to get out because I know I have to go run 14 miles today. And if people listening aren't up to the 14 miles, maybe you're just at least getting out doing a mile or going for a walk or something. If you can structure it that way, you can balance yourself. I think that makes this whole um, quarantine situation slightly bearable. I think so because it's t- it's the time now, right now, for us to create whatever structure we want in our lives presently going forward. Because I would agree and also argue that most people probably want to do what they're doing now full time with just a little bit more freedom. Meaning they work from home, they're living from home, they're trading from home, they're just enjoying the home style with their family and they don't have to go into work, they don't have to drive. That's going to happen, man. Like These shifts are coming with this virus situation that we're finding ourselves in. This is going to create permanent shifts 
in how workplace is structured. And it's going to give people opportunities to work from home more. So the whole structure with your time and with your trading is going to become something that's going to happen, I think, man, for for the next decade at least. Absolutely. How do you see this affecting the market in general? Because now people are, you know, you're seeing it. I, I see it in every aspect. You know, I have neighbors walking up to me on a daily basis saying, okay, we decided to start investing. We started, you know, we want to get involved a little bit more. I'm seeing it everywhere I look. How are you seeing it on your end? You're 100% correct, man. That's exactly right. I am getting blown up, which is phenomenal. I love it. But right now, I have more people than than ever interested in trading because they've seen two or three of the some of the biggest moves in history uh, over the last six or seven weeks. And last week was the biggest up week in the markets since 1974. Like for our lives, right? So the 93% of people, and I'm a random number, a lot of people who are trading, <laughs> that's the biggest move they've ever seen in their entire life, right? Whatever that number is. So you're talking just incredibly, incredibly huge, huge structural moves that are occurring. And it's exciting to people because they know they can catch these fluctuations. And they want to figure out how. And I think you're right that it's accelerating some of the uh, structural moves that were already happening. I noticed, especially with the work at home stuff, um, in the last three, four offices I've been a part of, each one has gone progressively more towards having more common space, having people work from home certain days of the week. And this is sort of almost a test run of what would it be like completely if people weren't paying the rent on offices and things like that. There's definitely value to getting together, but there's a lot more we can do from home than I think people thought. And this is, might be the catalyst as far as that goes. 100% correct, man. Absolutely. Without question. This is, this is the catalyst. This is the start, uh, the apex of that actually occurring and putting people to the test. I knew this was for real when I was in New York City. It was uh, the, like day three of March, March 3rd. And I was just talking to people and asking them and I saw all my friends and my friends' friends, like their offices are getting moved, right? You're at Goldman. Um, tons of these huge companies are sending all of their employees home to work. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is happening now. This is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Jeremy, I want to go back. You were just talking about some of the biggest moves, you know, people have seen in lifetimes. Um, you know, that it's astronomical. I think one of the things that I've noticed with a lot of traders is what they're struggling with is for the last decade, we've been trading kind of very similarly market. Let's just talk stock market in general, uptrend, you know, defined risk in a sense. You can trade S&Ps and for a long time, you know, you weren't seeing more than a 20 or 30 point range in the S&Ps. And now a 30 point range, you're like, that's my, you know, that's my stop loss right now to take some of these moves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. How have you worked with some of the traders you're talking to yourself how have you guys like adjusted risk management in this situation that's a great question so what i actually had to end up doing was i knew that march and april would be extremely volatile and there would be just tons of newer traders coming in and asking questions and trying to figure this out and trying to understand like how to approach the market so what i did was i told everyone uh that yeah, that I trade with every day. I was like, all right, guys, here's what we have to do. We're going to follow the same five stocks every day uh, for day trades. 
Because in my opinion, day trading right now is going to be probably one of the best ways to carve out cash flow or carve out actual gains from this. Because truly, I have no idea if we're going to be up 300 points or down 300 points tomorrow. No clue. Either one is very possible. So I want to be in a lot of cash and see a quick move and just kind of take it in and out and just, okay, I made 2 3% here, 2 3% here, one half percent there. I lost 0.3% there. Awesome. I want to just be in and out kind of quickly. So what we had to do was focus on just five stocks, which were AMD, Baba, Tesla, Roku, and Square. So those five are the only ones we're watching for the entire month. And we're just, as far as day trades are concerned, we're really just watching the previous range of the day, uh, opening range breakouts. We're just kind of getting in, getting out. Pretty quick, aggressive moves, but Tesla was... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, the last two days was awesome because we got extremely lucky, but we were focusing on Tesla. We were watching it. We were ready. We were in it and we played it and we made a lot of money the last two days. But those are moves that, again, would you have caught because there's so much happening, right? Every single day, you have like 400 stocks that are moving astronomically large. Amazon, Netflix, Google, Facebook, Zoom, up or down. So if you have to do something right now, it's about focusing and understanding that you're not going to be able to catch it all. You don't have enough money to catch it all. You don't have enough skills to catch it all. Your broker's not going to be fast enough. You're not going to be fast enough. Focus on a little bit. Generate cash flow now and use that cash flow to do something in the near future, whatever that's going to be. Absolutely. Something I want to make sure everyone kind of recognizes. You made the point of saying you're, you're so focused on just a couple specific things. You're not across the board running to every single market. You don't see just because one thing blips, it doesn't mean you have to jump in. It's all predefined going into each and every day. You've gone into this situation for going, okay, this is all our focus is going to be. You know, Netflix and Zoom are skyrocketing, but you're not hopping in on that. You know, that's not where your focus is because you're not prepped for that. I want to, like, again, everyone wants to, but the Key word you mentioned, man, is predefined. In markets like this, you have to have a structure and you have to go in knowing, yeah, I'm going to miss everything except for these four or five, like all of it. And that's okay. Like someone else is going to make money about it, you know, with trading Netflix or trading Zoom. And I love that. It's phenomenal. Swing trading is still a little bit challenging because again, just the massive amount of volatility, unless you're, you know, bullish this week, it could be extremely bearish next week. Who the heck knows? So I think day trading is just going to be the way to approach it. It doesn't matter if it's futures or stocks, but you're right, man. The predefined plans and rules and focuses are going to be the only way to thrive right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think just watching everything, every every market, it, they're so volatile, whether it's stocks, whether you're futures or you're dabbling in the options world, everything, the volatility is so up. I mean, VIX still sits well above 40 very comfortably, which is down over the last month, but still, when you look back at a time, 40, it, it, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's high. it raises the eyebrows a little bit. That's yeah. a big number on the VIX. Yeah. Well, 40 is more manageable than 80 something. There's definitely a such thing as too much volatility for a lot of these. I mean, maybe for how other people trade, but if it's over 80, that's uh, spicy. Yeah. Agreed. It really is. I mean, systems are shutting off. You're, you know, it's a hundred percent human involved. You know, humans are the ones catching the bottoms and that's, that's really hard to do. And you can't define that. And like you said, Jeremy, it's a matter of accepting you're going to miss big moves. How do you take parts of it? 
And I think that's a job as a day trader is to strictly take pieces of the big move because let the market tell you where it's going to go. Then you take pieces. Correct. Correct. And again, from there, at this point, I think that what I'm trying to do is create cash flow to turn that cash flow into long-term investments now in both stocks and real estate because interest rates are so low. I mean, uh, I did a refinance on one of my properties the other day. And by the other day, I mean literally yesterday. Um, dude, uh, for a 15-year, I got 3%. It's amazing. That is, Three, yeah, that's low <laughs> for 15 years. So it's like, okay, wait a minute. Uh, looking at the math, it's like oh, a year and a half ago, I could have paid the exact same amount for a 30 year mortgage that I get to pay for a 15 year now. And when I say the exact same amount, I mean like the monthly payment is the exact same for a 15 year now opposed to a 30 year, a year and a half ago. That's bananas. I think that's the opportunity that we have right now. I think you know, everywhere, everywhere you look, there's this, you know, fear, upset, concern under, you know, the situation we're in. And I think if you take that mindset, you look at it and say, you know what, where can I, how can I create opportunity in the situation I'm in? Whether it's investing, whether it's, you know, getting into the markets, or if it's things like that, you're refi, and then you're setting yourself up for a much more successful future. I think that's one of the benefits we have right now. Totally agree, man. 100%. And that's why you have the opportunity to presently, wherever you are in the world, wherever you might be listening to this stellar recording uh, and show <laughs> the best. and program. That's right. Your, your goal is to think through now, given the opportunities that we have, how can you propel yourself so that a year from now, you're in a better spot and you are more comfortable with just your general day-to-day routine so you can start doing the things that you really like now and start just carving out that path so that a year from now, you're really, really happy with just how you work and how you operate. That's a great plan. Uh, So Jeremy, one thing that really jumped out to me about your story that I think will uh, resonate with a lot of our traders out there is that you were completely self-taught. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how you got into trading and how you go about learning something uh, yourself and kind of working to master it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, no, I appreciate that. And uh, I call think... that the uh, James Lipton questions. We get into those at some point. <laughs> That's fair. That's <laughs> yeah. totally fair. Um, for me, I'll start answering one of the questions of just how does one go about learning anything? And it's the absolute peace in your heart to be the stupidest person in the room. Hmm. So for me, in any avenue, like when I was in school or if I'm trying to learn anything that's new, I already am okay knowing I don't know anything that I'm listening to. And I ask every single question that pops in my head, every single one of them. So the the exact second a question pops in, I'll just raise my hand and the teacher like, we're going to get to that in two slides. Okay, cool. And then I'm just, I'm waiting like two minutes in. That slide hasn't gotten there. (laughs) So back to my question earlier. So I'm always asking questions. A lot of people are afraid, man, to ask questions. They're afraid that they're going to get judged. They're afraid that they're going to seem stupid. It's like there are so many trading rooms right now. There's so many trading companies, educational programs, podcasts. This is the time to be, this is the time to be asking questions. Like I'm sure people, your listeners have your emails. They could email you a question. They could email you guys an opinion. It's like, get your questions out there, get asked uh, and start learning. So that's, how I learn anything. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's real estate, 
commercial investing, residential investing, stocks, options, Forex futures. I didn't know anything about futures three years ago. But I was like, okay, this is probably a good time to learn. I've done, I've got the whole stocks options thing down for the most part. Let me start figuring out this options uh, futures game. Um, so I, again, just start asking questions to not necessarily quote unquote experts, but people that I like, people that I think are experts. They may or may not be. I don't know. But I just start asking questions and investing time and money because that's the only thing. There's the only two things you can spend. You can spend time or you can spend money. And the more money you spend, the hopefully the shorter amount of time you have to learn something. But that's kind of how I did it, man. And the way I got started generally was all the way back in 1994, man. Uh, the movie Forrest Gump came out and he said a phrase that I had never heard in my entire life up to that point. He said that him, him and Lieutenant Dan invested in a fruit company and they didn't have to worry about money anymore. I had never heard that term. We never have to worry about money anymore. Like that was brand new to me because I was very poor growing up. I was happy, super great childhood, just really poor. <laughs> and uh, man, I just asked my dad, like, what is investing and what is this fruit company so that we can do whatever he did so that we don't have to worry about money anymore because that'd be great. And uh, yeah, man, that was obviously Apple, 1994. And so I begged my dad and eventually, you know, we we raised a little bit of money and I, we bought some shares of Apple, um, $3,000 worth back in 1994. Wow. Do you still have it? Uh, I do not. So that would be worth uh, north of $14 million right now. Um, I sold them. <laughs> I sold them at the top of the tech bubble in 2000 when I was 12. So we were moving from Georgia to Florida at the time. And I just randomly asked my dad, hey, how's the stocks doing? And he, he, he pulls it up and is like, oh, man, this is the best trade you'll ever do in your whole life. Congratulations. You know, like this is it. This is the pinnacle. So we sold them. I made 12 grand as a 12-year-old, which still hooked me. Right? Still, I'm yeah. like, I'm hooked forever. And I took that $12,000 and we bought some bonds. And I sold those bonds. <laughs> I, I sold those bonds when I was eighteen and a half. And I think I made like twelve thousand one hundred and twenty dollars, like like one hundred and twenty dollars of interest, you know, in six years. <laughs> so, yeah, man, good stuff. Well, it's a, it's a it's a way to dabble. It's and I gotta say that you're the first person I've talked to a lot of people about how they got into trading. I gotta say you're the first one to say Forrest Gump. <laughs> you know, that was it, man. That was it. I, you know what's crazy is how much movies have impacted my life. Like I get a lot of a lot of wisdom from movies. Uh, I love movies, man. Like Wall Street, the original. Man, like that's what a classic. You know, uh, the Big Short. Like just the p the part of the Big Short when they're talking about um, making bets when they're talking about the Brown Fund and how they they raise their money. They're saying that they would bet on something that they don't think is has a likelihood of happening. And if they lose, they lose small, but if they win, they win big. That's the part that everyone overlooks in the movie. But dude, they're literally describing out-of-the-money option trades. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know? And that's that's what they're describing. And so when you're talking about winning big, just as an example, um, Carnival is a trade that, I've, that I'm in right now. And uh, a week or so ago, I bought some... I don't want to misspeak. 25. Let me just pull it up really quick just to make sure. Um, Carnival. Okay. 25 January 2021 call options. And so I bought them for 70 cents, 
which is not that much specifically, but right now they're a dollar fifty, and Carnival's only only up like twenty percent. If Carnival goes from twelve to twenty in the next month and a half, which I think is relatively possible, like it's achievable, those options will quadruple in value at least. But dude, that's a huge return. You know, I mean, right. could you just break it down a little bit for people out there that don't totally understand the side of options? Sure. What it actually means to buy a Jan twenty twenty one call. Yeah, totally. Um, and so that's, again, the part of that movie where I was like, that's a great strategy. So I started doing a lot of out-of-the-money option plays with defined risk. So bottom line, I'll give you an example for those who are listening in. Right now, Carnival is at $12.40. Uh, I'm buying a $25 call. And as of me speaking, those options are they, they are going at $1.50. So what I could do is I could buy 10 of them. Um, I have more than 10, but let's say, let's say I bought, if you're listening, you want to buy 10 of those, you could have a risk of $1,500. That's your max risk. There's no mathematical way that you can lose more than $1,500. Now, what we're doing is we're simply betting that Carnival goes up. Simple as that. So if Carnival goes up, those options will increase in value because you're buying the right to own Carnival at 25, even though it's at 12. So if you buy the right, if you own the right to something and that right increases in value, you can sell it to someone else or you can exchange it for the actual good or product. So if I wanted to, let's hypothetically say Carnival is at $40. Uh, let's say it gets to $40 by July. Now that seems far away now, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was at 40 a month and a half ago. Okay. So let's just say in six months, it goes back to where it was a month and a half ago. If that happens, mathematically, I can guarantee, I mean, because this, this is a math fact, those options would be worth at least $15, right? 40 minus 25 equals 15. So that means I could take an option that's worth $1.50 right now and turn it into a $15 trade. That's a 15X, 14X return on your money. I mean, that's huge. And it's, it's possible. Like it has a, a mathematical probability of happening. Yeah, it's a good illustration of leverage for everyone out there. And I, w- I was shocked after the big short. I think I saw that with my family. And it, it was just weird seeing all these people ask questions about, you know, CDS and stuff like that, you know, these very exotic products. But I think looking at options is probably the easiest way for people to learn more about how you can make these uh, leverage defined risk trades. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And and you can, I mean, buying them, selling them, there's a lot of ways to benefit. I I, I made a little bit of a presence on Twitter, good or bad. It's, I guess it doesn't really matter. But I was selling a lot of volatility on the markets when we were dropping hard in March because I, and here's my opinion, it's not very happy. A lot of people don't like it. I think this is exactly like 1987. Same exact thing. Um, I think it's a spook event. I've been saying that since the whole drop. I'm not buying. I'm not buying any of this. When I say buying, like I'm not buying into the hype. I think this is a whole thing, not conspiracy. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think. I think this is. I think this is a whole thing that people are just overlooking and they're they're panicking way too hard, way too hard. And so I think this is a 1987 event. So 1987 event was when we sold off like 33 percent a day. Um, and now you have circuit breakers and things that you can't do that now. 
But we did sell off 33%, uh, a little bit more actually, but we sold off strong in, the, in one month. And it was so fast, so quick, but we were bouncing hard off of very key levels in the market. And I'm like, mm, no, I think this is it, guys. I was like, Monday, last Monday, was the strongest bullish gap on the market I've seen in my entire life. My entire life, Monday was like, this is it. There's no question we're going to go higher from here. Like We have to. This is the, every single person I know is trapped if they're bearish. And with this this particular move that we're getting, I, yeah, man, I think we're in a 1987 event. Like you're mentioning earlier, Jack, selling volatility. You can actually sell something on the stock market that you don't even own and make money. And so that's, I was doing a lot of that, of uh, selling volatility, like spy at 200. You know what I'm saying? I was like, what are you talking about? There was money at 200 for the SPY, for, for options, for volatility, for puts. Like this is bananas. Like who wouldn't want to own spy at two hundred anyway? So this is a no, this is a no brainer. Plus you can you can now insure a position. You can sell a put and then buy a put against it. Turn it into a bull put spread. A defined risk, limited risk, limited return strategy with an incredibly high probability of success. So instead of playing roulette, where you either win double or you lose all of it with a fifty percent, arguably um, metric, you can play a position where you have a ninety seven percent chance of winning. And getting 18 to 23% return on your money with a 93% chance of it working out. Yeah. And the key to it is uh, risk management, which you talked about a few times there. Because if you're managing your risk right, you can be wrong but not ruined. You know, especially... Oh, yes. Yes. Because uh, Dan and I are aware that there's several Chicago firms that have uh, taken the short volatility trade to the not being a company anymore train in the last mm-hmm. uh, two months. So you, you always have to be aware of the risk in any of these positions yes. you're putting on. Yes. Yeah. 100%. The risks are very key. And what a lot of people do, man, is that they love just fighting the trend as well. You know, they love it. Like there, there's a point in time where you just have to know your risk. You have to go in with a defined amount and you can't throw it all in. As much as you want to, like you, you just can't. And the challenge with the movie, The Big Short, is that's kind of what they did. Like mm-hmm. they were having, they had a massive bearish position, but a lot of people forget that they were wrong for like a year and a half before it actually worked. That was one of my biggest issues that I've tried to explain to friends about The Big Short is that I think there's a huge selection bias in that movie because you're, following the lives of the people that killed it on this, but there were plenty of people that blew out making the same trades. And I think a perfect example is just imagine it going a few months longer. You know, they make the big dramatic thing where it's like, oh, we're going to withdraw our money. We're going to go out of business if this keeps up. It's like, well, it worked, but it might have taken two more months. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> you're 100% right, man. And a lot of the, fun, the cool part is, dude, everyone is wanting this bear move and you got it in March and now it's it. That was it. Like, have a good time. Like, that was the majority of the move that everyone wanted to catch. It's probably now mostly over. You might get one, maybe two more small shots at it. But that was realistically the move. And it's like, that's how fast bear moves can be. I was like, and if you're not day trading it, you're not going to catch that. Like, you're not. And if you're not trading futures, oh my gosh. Like, if you were trading futures in March, you're a hero. If you were not, what are you do? What were you doing with your life? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like what were you doing? 
if you're not trading futures in March, because you're getting limit ups and limit downs, like you're getting so much volatility at night. The moves have already happened by the market open. So yeah, it was great, man. March was incredible. What a, what a month. March was completely wild. And I think it's important, you know, these people that are short, I think there's a couple factors. Remember, uh, you can't make a billion dollars without taking a lot of risk. You know, like, so sometimes preach it. Exactly. People think about, you know, I'm going to make a billion. If you think about the kind of the trades you'd have to make to do that with any reasonable amount of capital, it's a lot of risk. But I also think with the bears, I mean, frankly, just psychologically, it's just considered cooler to be right when everyone else is wrong. People love that story of whoever's just knows something everyone else doesn't and is saying it, saying it's going to happen, saying it's going to happen. People love a profit. And you're probably not going to be that person. You know, you just have to focus on your risk management, your process, and just make the best trades you can. Yeah, it's all about the process, man. Like if you focus on the money uh, at some point, you're probably going to lose a lot because you're trying to make money. It's it's like you got to be disciplined and not cool and not sexy. Like I'm the antithesis of not cool and not sexy when I trade. Like I'm so boring, man. Like we talk about those five stocks. So this morning, everyone's like, what are we getting into? You know, I was like, well, Tesla bullish. I I mean, that's what we're going to play because it's obvious. Like this is the setup. And, uh, (laughs) <laughs> that was it, you know? So you do really well. I mean, you make a few thousand dollars on Tesla today. And it's like, all right, awesome. I think that's the biggest thing. That's that's the the mentality I grew up in this industry with was, you know, you hear all the stories about the guys hitting, you know, knocking out of the park left and right. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate I grew up in this. And my dad used to tell me all the time. He's like, the singles are where it's at. That's how you keep, you know, stick with this game. It's the guys that are constantly trying to just knock it out of the park, get that huge move up or down. doesn't matter which way it's going. Those are the guys that, yeah, they're going to do all right. And then they're going to have two or three years where they're, they, they're not making a penny and then they're relying on it. But if you focus on, you know, keeping it simple, stick to a simple plan. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, the concept of just taking pieces of stuff that's going to build over time. And the only way to hit a grand slam is to load the bases with singles. You're 100% right, man. 100% right. And every now and then you'll catch a nice win. Um, and it's it's rare, but it's cool when it happens. And yeah, you play singles, you create cash flow. You're normally doing it because you like it, right? That's the thing is I tell a lot of people, and, and full disclosure, like four or five days ago, I had a lady from Memphis call me and she was like, hey, I want to trade. I want to day trade. I, I've watched some of your videos. I think you're great, whatever. And I was like, cool. Tell me why you want to trade. And she's like, I would, I would love to make some extra money. I'm, I'm at work now. My, my job is closed for the time being or whatever. But I'm, she said something else. And she's like, yeah, but I, I'm actually a writer, but there's no money in writing. You know, I can't do it. And it's like, that's from my real passion. But I was like, now I'm just going to switch over to stocks. I'm like, mm, <laughs> not going to work. Sorry. So I unsold all of my, like I made her not buy anything from me. Because she was going to just lose all of her money trading because she doesn't love it. Like she just wants to make money trading. There's ways to make money trading if you don't love it, but this is going to be a little bit on the longer, longer term scale. If you are going to do this actively, you kind of have to be intrigued by the game. You have to be excited by the movement. You have to go to sleep 
thinking about this and trying to figure out the next move and, and just trying to rationalize the pieces in your brain. If you're doing that, then you can do shorter term stuff and you can create cash flow. But at the end of the day, regardless of your time frame or how long you want to trade, you want to create that cash flow so you can still do something else with, with your life, whatever that might be. And I told her, I was like, if you want, you, you can trade and make some money, but just learn how to become a better uh, marketer for your writing. Right. I mean, well, yeah, marketing's a valuable asset. People absolutely. are always looking for people to pump their stuff. I think trading is a really, uh, trading's a really great illustration of sort of the, you know, Dunning Kruger effect, where mm. I think so, so that if people aren't familiar, and I hope I pronounce it right, or else I sound like an idiot, is uh, <laughs> <You> <laughs> it's the phenomenon by which people think they'll be good at something if they know nothing about it. But then they think less if they get a bare, uh, what do you call it? Just uh, get into it a little bit, learn a little bit about something. They realize how hard it is to become a master. And I think with trading, there's a lot of people out there who think it's super easy because they haven't tried to do it. And then within a month of trying to do it, they realize, well, maybe this is a lot harder than it seems. Yeah. Yeah. And the funny part is <laughs> trading is one of the few things where people don't realize that up front. Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly why that is. I haven't figured that part out yet. I'm sure I could just think about it in 10 minutes and get it. But if you're talking I about- I think it's all the movies you're watching. Yeah, probably right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if you're thinking, okay, uh, Jack, what sport do you like? I like tennis. So how come you were like, I'm not, I, I want to be a professional tennis player by Thursday of next week? I think it's because I used to play tennis and I know where I'm standing. Dude, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a hard, man. Like that's, it's like anything else. Like if you're going to be doing this full time and you want to carve out money, I tell people all the time, guys, I'm like, what other job, what, what other sport, what other activity can you do right now and go get paid $2,000 to do? Like name one. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, can you go play tennis this weekend and get paid two grand? They go, no. I'm like, yeah, trading is the exact same way. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's softball, basketball, bowling. It doesn't matter what it is. Like if there's a pro out there, they're going to make the money and you're not. It goes to a concept. I've talked to a lot of traders and they're, they always, they'll, they'll call me and they'll tell me I'm looking to replace my income. And I'll ask them, okay, how long have you been doing your job? I've been at this company and I've been in this role or this, I've been doing the same thing for like the last 15 years. I go, okay, so, you know, maybe it's not going to take 15 years, but you need to recognize up front, it's not going to take you a couple weeks, months, or even a year to get to where you were. No. It took you 15 years to get there. 100% correct. And that's the concept I think you have to, we have to drill into traders and people have to recognize is it, it's still a slow and steady process. I think at the end of the day, that's what the focus is. It has to be the process. Money becomes a byproduct. That's how I have to look at it. I can't think about the dollars and cents because then I'm thinking money. Then I'm thinking, okay, if it gets here, here's how much money I can actually make for myself. And that doesn't help. If I stick to a process, I focus on a system, money becomes a byproduct, and then it's a little bit easier to make that money. Mm, bingo. Yeah, man. I mean, that's really it. That's that's the, kind of the answer in the sense of you got to focus on some type of process. And I know it's really cool and glamorous to make a lot of money quickly. And yes, in trading, you can. Like, it's mathematically very feasible. It's it's very, very doable. Um, but you got to know what you're doing. And whatever that looks like, 
it doesn't matter what you're going to spend. It's either time or money. You're going to have to spend one of those two things to get around someone or get around people or a group of a group of people to at least learn how. And I, I, I don't know if this is the right time to pitch you guys or not, but dude, top step. I love putting people onto that so much because it's a phenomenal place to learn. It's so inexpensive and there's an actual prize at the end with structure, right? With rules that say, Hey, let's see if you can follow these rules. And if you can, and you can do well and you can trade, you get rewarded with actual cash that you can, it can become real. Like that's insane to me, man. I put as many people I can on top step, even if they're not trading futures at all, I'm like do this because if you can do this and you can pass and you can make money, you can do it in any environment. But if you can't, you're going to spend hundreds of dollars and you're going to learn a lot of really important concepts. March is kids month at my company. Man, I put so many kids on top step. Dude, it's it's nuts because it, they, you know you have the, the app and the, and the phone and they can just trade from their phone or their computers and the ability for them to understand how quickly money can be made and lost. Man, that's, that's a game changer. Yeah, and we like a top step that you can learn that lesson for a lot cheaper than you can in a lot of places. Oh um, man, you know this this is an industry that if you go in there as a beginner and start trading, you can lose a lot of money and yeah. likely will. Especially the times we're in right now, there's so much risk out there that you know it's it's very tempting to jump in. But the last thing you want to do is see someone new, like you were talking about the lady that you spoke with. You don't want to see someone go lose all their money trying to learn something in this environment, you know, in a live environment, get out there, try it somewhere different, try it somewhere a little bit safer where your risk is a little bit more defined. Um, you're a little bit more comfortable risking, you know, a couple hundred dollars versus, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. But the good news is there are so many resources out there now for learning how to trade or, you know, perfecting anything you want to do like that. And, um, one of them is, of course, real life trading, which, you know, what do you guys yeah. do there? I, I, yeah. I figured we show you, like, I'm, just, I'm trying to do this segue as well. basically where sure. people, if people liked <laughs> yeah. what they heard. Yeah. No, um, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Just uh, where can they find more of your stuff, Jeremy? Absolutely, man. Um, I mean, my the thing I tell people is very clearly, if you relate to anyone that you listen to, you like their style of explaining things. When you guys mentioned earlier that I was self-taught, I'm self-taught, everyone's self-taught to an extent, but you have teachers and people that you connect with and people that you learn from and, and books or podcasts or, or videos. And I had so many mentors. I went through, I went through tons of them, right? I would have one mentor for three or four months, get some knowledge from them. Thank you. Go to another one, get some knowledge from them. Awesome. Go to another one and then assimilate all of that. I would never say that I'm the only person that's ever going to teach you everything. That's not even close to accurate. I do personally think that I'm one of the best at this as far as instructing and guiding people to get a grasp on how this whole process works, but I'm not going to be the only person. That would be, that would be a travesty. That would be a, a lack for you to say that I'm the only person that's going to be able to help anyone uh, learn this, this procedures and these processes and these steps. But yes, I can teach it for free. Uh, my website is reallifetrading.com and I have tons of courses, tons of websites, tons of articles, videos, blogs, a whole courses with quizzes and notebooks all for free. It's like, man, just go in, crush it, learn as much as you possibly can. And if you want to do some other freemium um, products, premium products, awesome. If you don't, fantastic. But my goal is 
I understand that giving a lot of things to a lot of people will al- always help the world at some point. You summed it up perfectly. <laughs> Thanks, man. I don't too much more out of that. I wish I, I you know, you got to learn from multiple people. And yeah. uh, I think it's great. I checked out your website earlier. Really enjoyed it. So, Thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate that. And um, thanks so much for joining us today. We probably got to cut this off pretty soon. But uh, Jeremy, it was awesome talking to you. And, yeah, likewise, um, guys. Had a great time. Absolutely. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, and thanks for your professionalism and your correspondence. You know, if anyone's listening to this and they want to be a part of this, they should because you guys were very structured, very regimented, very disciplined about the whole process. Very customer service for friendly and focused. So thank you for all of you guys do as well. Appreciate it. Yeah, as long as we're doing uh, shout outs, this is produced by Dante32 as our agency. They'll love that. Yes. Anyway, thanks so much again, Jeremy. Um, Stay safe. Have a great week. And we'll talk to everybody else right after the break. People around the world, thank you for making it the last segment of this podcast. Known as Limit Up. Presented by Top Step Trader. So dramatic. I was putting in... (laughs) pauses there and then it's raining outside and it just felt right anyway all right um it was great talking to jeremy um going on a top step right now uh keep your eye out because there might be some uh discounts coming in the future i've been told to tease those a little bit but uh i'll let you know when we have more information but uh it's never been a better time to take a little bit of risk off the table in your trading absolutely yeah so With that, we'll be back next week with a brand new interview. Dan and I are going to be busy. We're doing three interviews in the next uh, 30 hours or so. So one of them (laughs) next week, I can't tell you who, but they're all great. So They're all spectacular. Spectacular. I think we got Paul Tudor Jones, Hugh Jackman. uh, Jamie Dimon. Jamie Dimon. Alfonso Curion. Uh, I don't know why I put him (laughs) up there. He's a director many people might not know. But anyway, it's going to be great. I won't babble further because it's Thursday, which means it's almost the weekend. So uh, we'll just say what we usually do and say namaste and trade well. The Limit Up podcast is produced by Dante32. Futures and Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.